Speaking of Brad Pitt. Is he in this movie? Nope. That guy who kind of looks like him is, though. Which friend? Which the, guy? The main character. Oh, that's uh, uh, Jeff Daniels. Mm. He kind of looks like Brad or Pitt. Jeff Bridges. Or Jeff Bridges. I think it's Jeff worse. Bridges, actually. Anyway, what movie do we do this week? Hey, welcome back to the show. This week we did The Big Lebowski, everyone's dad's favorite movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot of guys really like this movie. Do you understand why after watching it? I think I have a theory. Do you understand why? Um, I think... I think they really like that he doesn't give a fuck, and I also think that they really like that uh, the other guy keeps yelling about Vietnam the whole movie. I have that down in my notes as well, that this movie captures the two kind of sides of uh, uh, a man's emotional range, which is um, like way too chill. Like, being chill to the point where it's detrimental to your life and those around you. Yeah. And also uh, uncontrollable rage. Yeah, being like it's like a level of chill where you know there's going to be an uncontrollable rage around yes, the corner. Yes, exactly. Like, you're only this chill because you're taking it out on someone tomorrow. Yeah, I think this movie does perfectly encapsulate um, at least my two, my dualities. Yeah, I mean, mine too. And I also think that this movie is... Um, it feels like uh like secret like you know like the secret world genre of fantasy kind of it's I like mean, I feel like I know based on context yeah where it's, it's kind of like Narnia I mean like Narnia is kind of one yeah Neverwhere by Neil Gaiman is one American Gods also by Neil I read a lot of Neil Gaiman shit but like Twilight is another one where it's just oh, like yeah. there's this mystical world just beneath the surface and then you know one special person gets pulled into it and they, uh, you know, they're sucked out of their regular life for a big Damn. adventure of wonder and whimsy. Are you telling me this is Twilight for guys? I'm saying this is Twilight for 35-year-olds with not a lot going on. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, like, yeah, this actually could be the guy's Twilight. That's how I feel about it. If um, the two chill guy and the hostage wife, if they fell in love at the end, it would be exactly the same as Twilight. It would be basically Twilight. And they yeah. didn't fall in love, and I think that makes it even more of a dude's fantasy. That he just got to have a casual thing with a lady partway through the movie. <laughs> yeah, I guess that <laughs> I guess that does make it even more dude's Twilight. <laughs> yeah, where he gets to bust inside someone, and then she's like, don't worry, I don't want you to be the father. Yeah, sometimes I forget that I'm the only man in the world who's like a good listener and looking for love. Yeah, that's the thing. Who's sick of all this bullshit and just looking for something serious yeah. for once. Not everyone's as uh, wise I'm... and uh, woken up to the world as you are. Yeah, I always forget that I would be the only good father in history <laughs> the only uh man who gets it mm -hmm. uh you can follow brad at i hate brad on instagram hey thanks for saying you that, can dm man. brad <laughs> <laughs> um okay let's get into the notepad here yeah what did you think of this because i i like it pisses me off that he calls himself the dude i, I mean, don't like that unbelievably lame and i thought that even before i saw this movie as a kid as but maybe that's to drive it home that it's an allegory about all dudes but still i hate it well yeah maybe that's actually that's not a bad point he is a pretty kind of blank slate i would say that we can all relate to aspects of uh, the dude's character yeah but I still hate that he calls himself the dude. No, it's unbelievably lame. Just call yourself Guy. You know what the I mean? The Guy. 
<laughs> that's I mean, that's a, not better. <laughs> my criticisms for movies always suck ass. Yeah, it's just like, do the same thing, but in a way that I prefer. The only thing I've learned from this movie podcast is that movies would be hard to write. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, you have a newfound respect for directors. But this, uh, the intro to this movie is kind of just like uh, the dude being a bit of a dirtbag, like going to the fucking grocery store. Yes, sir. It is, uh, you know, fucking robe and smelling the milk. Yep. Uh, but it's all paired to classical music. And I think right off the top, that's something that uh, guys love. I do love shit is, like that. Is uh, romanticizing just regular dirtbaggery. Yeah. Being a fucker. I mean, I do love that, but what I also love is uh when the mu- like just generally when the music and the what you're seeing doesn't go together. Yeah, yeah. I just love shit like that. Makes dude. you ponder. I think it's so smart every time. Like it gets me every single time. I mean, I just see and I know that it's like an easy kind of trick or whatever, but I also love it. I think yeah. it's very romantic. It and it's inspired me to like sometimes in the mornings when I'm making breakfast for myself, I'll just throw up some cl- classical music. And it's yeah. like, who's to say, you know, my life isn't La Vie en Rose, you know? Who is to say that? I personally wouldn't even dream of it. <laughs> 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 I personally don't even know what La Vie en Rose is. Um, yeah, man, I don't know. I like the way it starts. I like the weird. It's This is a very weird movie. To it is me, a weird though. one. Like, it's hard to, un- like, I don't even really understand if, like, it seems like there's no story. It seems like a collection of vignettes almost. I mean, it basically is, but it, it it's kind of that, um, and the Coen brothers are good for this, where it is kind of just a big romp of memorable characters who really aren't around for, you know, huge yeah. long times. They just kind of all make brief appearances, and you get to see how shit plays out with them. But I do like that he's a bowler in this. I feel like bowling is like, Probably one of the top three most montageable sports. Very montageable, and also just like a classic dude sport. Yeah, like bowling really is poor man's golf, as far as I'm concerned. Like it, it that actually it might fills, be true. It fills the same niche. Yeah, you know, you're doing basically nothing. You're mostly you just talking to your friends. You're drinking balls. Yeah. The only difference is you're not allowed to drive. Like that's the only difference between bowling and golf. Well, you're still getting hammered at the bowling alley and then driving home. I guess so you do yeah. you do capture that same golf course energy so just it's with not much even, higher stakes. Yeah, it's not even poor man's golf, it's the adrenaline junkies golf. You're right. It's actually probably far more expensive with all the court fees and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you factor in how much you're gonna get sued. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you factor in drunk driving and you know the light your life of uh, blow boxes and Yeah, I think bowling is rich man's golf. Yeah, you're right actually. Maybe save a couple bucks and get a country club membership. Yeah. You also can't montage golf. Like, that would look like shit. I mean, you can, but no one gives a fuck. Like, literally the only good golf montage was in Happy Gilmore where he did it with a hockey stick. Yeah, and that's more hockey than golf. Exactly, and that's what I'm saying. Like, hockey's picking up the slack for golf. Yeah. Yeah, at that point, it, like if you're not using golf clubs anymore, you're not fucking See, Big Lebowski, golf. if Big Lebowski was about guys who golfed, no one would give a fuck. That's true. There'd be no stakes. If any movie was about that, no one would give a fuck. No, they really wouldn't. But I also like how they use golf in this movie as kind of like a break from the action. Do you know of any movie that would get better if the main character played golf? Um, No. I'm trying to think of one. Maybe like a movie I didn't like very much. Maybe like Beetlejuice. 
Would like, be? if instead of it was that movie, it was just 90 minutes of a guy playing golf, yeah. then if maybe that <laughs> might be better. If we didn't watch that and had just watched the PGA Finals. Yeah, yeah. Maybe if in Die Hard, Bruce Willis went golfing and didn't yeah. go to Nakatomi Plaza, that'd probably be not a bad movie. Do you think it'd be funny if the girl from Kill Bill just, like, took some time off of sword murder to golf every once in a while? Yeah, just, like, after she killed a bunch of fucking guys, she was like, I gotta get to the alley. I think that's my answer. I think if Kill Bill had golf, like, spark, like, sparsely inserted in after murder scenes yeah i I think that would improve it i actually you're right because that is kind of why i liked the bowling scenes in this movie it was just like literally just a little break in the action they got to reflect on everything that happened and it felt like uh it was like the deli in seinfeld yeah it was or the deli in sopranos (laughs) (laughs) a lot of different delis that bowling alley was like yeah um i liked it when uh the guys were looking for the debt from uh, the poor Lebowski instead of the big Lebowski. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because, like, how, like, imagine a grown man giving you a swirly over the debt you owe him. Like, that, you probably don't owe him that much money. Hey? Imagine getting a swirly in your own house. I mean, that would be disrespectful, but it's like, like, I don't know. I feel like it, he didn't care about getting his money back that much. Like, that's not that painful. Yeah, honestly, yeah. Like, just a swirly. Yeah, like that's I don't, what I mean. Obviously, I don't want one. Yeah. But, like... Yeah, I don't want one, but it's like, don't guys usually, like, break your knees? And that's what I'm saying. I'd rather a, slur- uh, uh, a, a swirly than a knee break or even a finger break. Like, like these guys these guys chopped off a toe earlier, and you're starting with a swirly? Yeah. It's How like, many swirlies did you have to give that lady before you chopped <laughs> her shit off? <laughs> yeah, nobody's scared of a guy who's like, if you don't give me those three quarters back, I'm going to splash water <laughs> on you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it, like... It'd be one thing to take a humongous diarrhea in the toilet before you swirlied me. That would be a super funny hostage thing. Like, like <laughs> you know, how, like sometimes in like torture scenes, they'll like uh, have the protagonist like strapped down, and then they'll like go over all the torture instruments yeah. and explain what they're gonna do. There's just a, a guy door open diarrheaing in your toilet being like <laughs> this is but the first phase of my master plan what about if yeah what about a torture method where you tie a guy up in the bathroom and then you just like take a shit ton of laxatives and then everybody like all the murder group team just shits and makes <laughs> him smell it and it's just an ever worsening <laughs> shit cocktail in his bathroom and no one flushes <laughs> yeah what if you know yeah dude that would be fucked up what about that for example (laughs) (laughs) that's but my point is that's the only way to make a swirly threatening no and that's that's an incredible amount of legwork but i also really like the moxie of sitting the guy down and pooing everywhere and then (laughs) making him deal with that you'd really have to time your crimes properly like, imagine you break into a guy's house and you're like, now it's time for the torture. Wait, I don't have to go. Give me 45 minutes. <laughs> That'd be very fun. Do you have any coffee or sandwiches? <laughs> Even if that was like a well-ordered or like a well-ordered hit, you know, like three guys break into the house. One guy busts down the door. The other guy grabs the other guy or like the hostage. And the third just like starts shitting. Yeah. Like that would be. It's hard to time the exit if oh, one be guy hard has to, to take a shit. And also, as a guy who one time had to take a shitload of laxatives, those things just keep going for like hours. Like the poos. Yeah. 
Because I don't know what type of lack I've I've done laxatives once and it was to clean me out for a colonoscopy. Mm-hmm. So basically, how they do it is you get like this bottle uh, that's four liters, and there's <laughs> a bunch of pa- uh, there's a bunch of powder in the bottom of it, and you fill okay. it up with water, give it a shake, and they say to set set it in your fridge because uh, making it cold is like makes like lessens the taste or whatever. It tastes like sh- like shit, obviously. Yeah, and it's very thick. You ever put some crystal light in there? I didn't think to do that. I didn't want to ruin crystal light for me. Fair enough. But yeah, if you're a listener, don't refrigerate it because it just makes it so that it's harder to pound back. But you have to drink like four, literally four liters of it, and you start throwing up kind of towards the end. Ew. <laughs> but it like yeah, that sounds really bad. It literally it fills up your whole stomach and then just flushes it out. So like it starts off and dude, you shit Oof. like you've never shit before, and then at the end you're literally just spraying water at velocity out of your ass. Is it a good shit at least? Like does it feel nice coming up? Um it feels kind of crazy. <laughs> it like I'm not saying it like honestly, yeah. If 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 it was if I did like 5 of those and I was done, I'd be like, you know, another time around the block. But like it, it's the fact that you d- it, you're going for like eight hours, like you have to set aside an evening to just diarrhea. Basically, were you literally on the toilet the whole time? I was on the toilet for probably like from when I started drinking it. It probably kicked in like two hours later, an hour and a half later, mm-hmm. and I was on on and off the toilet for like six hours, probably on there for most of the time. But like, damn, dude, it was like yeah, like you you would get as much of it out of you as you could, then go chill for a bit, and then it was time for round two. And you also had like to keep drinking it uh, every like two hours. Oh, that's really shitty. Yeah, pun intended. So uh, I guess that would make uh, doing a break in hostage situation hard. Yeah, that's true. But if you were real quiet, no one would probably notice for eight or so hours. You're probably right. You could just quietly shit everywhere. Yeah, but. Yeah, man, that sounds gross. How do you entertain yourself on the toilet for that long? I was just There's watching. There's only so much fucking YouTube you can watch. Well, I was probably watching speed run world record histories or some shit. Okay. You know, stuff that's an hour long and kind of mindless. <laughs> Why? What do you need your mind for? Uh, nothing. I just wanted it to be on hold. Uh-huh. I just didn't want to. Ret- I didn't want to retain as much of this <laughs> as I could. Just shitting out all the contents of your entire stomach, L- but you're also trying to like learn at the same. You're reading a textbook while I- you do it. I- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to fill my brain with knowledge while yeah. all the liquids are exiting. That's a. I drink that every day just to make room for more knowledge. Yeah, man. <laughs> I have to clear out my system. Yeah, yeah. My bowels were empty, but my vocabulary yeah. is full. I snort that laxative to get all the junk knowledge out of my brain. <laughs> so I can fill it with other knowledge. Yeah, sorry. I can't remember uh, your phone number or where you live. Yeah, I, uh, I'm too busy remembering everything about physics that's ever occurred. <laughs> I literally remember every physics-related event that's Ask ever happened. Ask me something about physics. Ask me anything that's ever happened. I'll remember it. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, I feel like this movie really captured the thirty-five-year-old uh, energy of just mindlessly being present in your life. Yeah, you know what I would do though, if like, like say someone broke into this apartment and they told me they were looking for a billionaire named Brad Semituk, exact same name as me. I wouldn't go look for the billionaire and get mad at him. What I would do is move to the complete other side of the world and then pretend to be him. That's a good idea. That seems like way easier. You could just coast off like people thinking you're a billionaire. I would just keep thinking they meant me. I'd be like, do you mean future billionaire? 
<laughs> That's so sick that you guys believe Sorry, did me. you hear about my grind set? What are you guys all nine Tony Robbinses <laughs> with Bella Clavis on right now? You guys all think I could be a billionaire. Gary Vaynerchuk, what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Um, Brad almost fell out of his rocking chair. Yeah. This is a real precariously balanced chair. That's what I like about this apartment. One wrong move and it all comes tumbling down. <laughs> Um. Oh yeah, fuck a bunch of guys breaking into your house thinking you're a billionaire. Yeah, I'd honest, I'd try to like, cause that must feel good, like having someone just assume you're a billionaire. Like I'd try to get them to like hold on to that assumption. Like I would be agreeing with them. Like yeah, I mean, I I would just be finding reasons for them to think that I was a billionaire, not even thinking that they have the wrong person. I'd like be I, like, damn, I didn't realize this shit was so nice. Yeah, I didn't realize all our furniture gave off that energy. This sweater is in style right now. Yeah, no, it's H and M, but like, <laughs> <laughs> it's not Louis Vuitton. No, uh, yeah, I'd be trying to like. I'd be like, oh, I owe you $2 billion. Add that to the list of all the other people I owe billions of dollars to <laughs> that I can't afford to pay back. Yep. I would make the situation so much worse for myself because I'd just be bragging about how much money I have. Because <laughs> really, when people assume you're rich, like you can't just let that, you can't let that, like, you can't pass up on that opportunity, you know? Yeah, but it's a slippery slope because, like, I don't know if I would want people to assume I'm rich. I think I like people thinking I'm poor. I mean, that is nice. Like, people do more stuff for you. But, like, if people assume you're rich, that just means you're doing something right. Like, that just... that No, you're right about that. That means you're doing skincare the way you should be. Yeah, it means you're getting enough sleep and carrying yourself well. Yeah, you got good-ass posture if people think you're rich. Yeah. So, I don't know. I guess this movie is about how there's benefits and negatives yeah there's pros and cons Someone this is another in a long series of movies where the stoner character sucks at rolling joints he does suck at rolling joints in this they're all yeah. fucking pinners well they're always crooked like every stoner in a movie rolls joints crooked i don't get it well i have a theory that uh you have to roll joints terribly in movies for the audience to realize that they're smoking a joint I feel it. Yeah, I feel like people can tell still. I mean, I think you could tell. Well, there'd be no reason that I'd be able to tell better <laughs> than anybody else. <laughs> yeah, could I see your lip chap there? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I guess that's a that's fair. My criticism was not. But it's also like, what the hell? You know, I'm supposed to believe this guy's a stoner. Yeah, but like, if he was a stoner, he wouldn't roll him that fucked. That's I did all like I'm how uh, willing he was to smoke joints everywhere. Yeah, that was cool. Smoked him in the Big Lebowski's house. That was sick, man. If I ever get a rich friend, I'm gonna try to smoke in his house too. <laughs> uh, what did you think of the dream sequences in this movie? I thought they were pretty good. They all reminded me of the Hell's Kitchen intros. How so? Have you ever watched the theme song for, for any season of that show? I feel like yes, but I also don't remember it right They're now. all like that. Like it's like in the first scene where the Big Lebowski, like it was a green screen tiny big or a tiny dude running away from giant bowling balls down like a track yeah. and like getting spit out of the machine and being confused and looking around and running away. Yeah. That was every hell's kitchen intro except it'd be with like kitchen shit it'd be like an <laughs> onion rolling down and a, a person jumping away and they like shrug and then it would say their name like think, mary red team do you think gordon ramsay was inspired by this movie then 
I mean, Gordon Ramsay is in the age range for this to be his favorite movie of all time. So, yes, I do. I w- I what do you think Gordon Ramsay's favorite movie is? Um, Chef by John Favreau. That was also what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't understand really why this would be anyone's favorite movie. Like, I think it's sick, but it's like, it just feels like it's missing like everything, like a lot of the things that make it into a movie. I it feels like a YouTube video my friend made, honestly. I kind of get that, but to me, like this movie hits on the same energy that I really like. It, it's tough to find in movies where not a lot of shit, like a, a lot of shit, uh, happens in this movie, but it doesn't really feel like it. It's very laid back, and it just sort of rolls over you. Yeah. Um, you think is it fair to say this is the white half baked? Well, I haven't seen uh, the black half baked. Oh well, the black one's pretty good. We should check that out. Who's that written by? Neil Brennan. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> <Sounds good>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I feel like uh, this guy was too ethical. Well, I mean, that was kind of his whole thing. I think he was uh, trying to just be like an uh, not necessarily ethical, but just chill. Like he doesn't care. He doesn't care about material wealth. He just wants a fucking rug. He wants to drink white Russians and have a bath. Yeah, but he didn't even want to steal the million dollars. And it's just like, like, if you want to become rich, like, you got to just stop having ethics. Start stealing. But he didn't want to become rich, dude. The dude had everything he needed at the start of this movie. That's this whole movie yeah. is about the dude trying to maintain his equilibrium. He literally doesn't want shit. Oh, that. well, then why wouldn't he just have not engaged? He wanted his fucking rug back, dude. That was literally it. That was well, the only thing he was... Ma- and once he got a new rug, he was done. I guess the lesson of this People movie just get kidnapped. Is kidnapped. Shut the fuck up about your fucking rug. Yeah, dude. That's what our dads should have learned from this. I mean, quite frankly, you're right. This is totally dude behavior. It's just like somebody slights you, and then you escalate it until you're kidnapped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man. If he just took the L, bought a new rug, went to Ikea, none of this would have happened. Yeah, dude. The moral of the story is if anyone ever fucks up your rug, just have hardwood. Let it go. Switch to hardwood. Yeah, there's a reason me and Brad never bought rugs, and it's because we don't want to also buy a vacuum cleaner. No, it's because I don't want to have to fucking kill a bunch of guys. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I don't want to start a war We're really with just ISIS. Thinking ahead there. Yeah, if we had rugs, I'd be in fucking Iraq right now blowing down tangos with my shotgun yeah that's exactly what you said to me when you were in the rug store you were like i i see where this ends <laughs> i had a vision in the rug store of me uh infiltrating the mujahideen yeah this ends in iraq <laughs> <laughs> look man we can't <laughs> yeah i bought a rug two years ago now i've been stuck in syria for the last now I'm a counterinsurgent. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> now I'm in Russia wearing a wire trying to convince Putin to fuck me. So, yeah, if I could say one thing to the kids out there, uh, stick with linoleum. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that is a good lesson for this movie to have taught is sh- shut up about your damn rug. But my dad didn't learn that. My dad loves yelling about the rug. Oh, my dad loves yelling about Ah, he doesn't anymore, but in his youth, he did love yelling about rugs. Yeah, carpet's very important. Walls, very important. There was about 10 years of my life where my parents were yelling at me to keep the carpet clean. And then in the last 10 years, they've been yelling at themselves for getting carpets installed. Yeah. And it's like, finally, you've realized whose fault this is. Yeah, finally you realized who the adult was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, my dad used to be real, like, on our asses about, 
like having the walls clean, but I almost feel like it backfired because he would say so much shit about the walls that we would touch them just to see like what would happen. And now when you like when I go home, the walls are just fucked. Like there's thousands of fingerprints of me and my sister just touching the wall because <laughs> we weren't supposed to. <laughs> yeah, you never reveal what your weakness is. It's yeah. like the same as saying what you're insecure about to all your friends. They just go after you. Yeah, it's like sitting down at the dinner table with all your friends and being like, man, I shouldn't eat all this. I'm feeling fat this week. Yeah, and now you're going to kill yourself. Yeah, well, a, a weaker man than I would, but me personally. You I would just would. mull it over. Well, I wouldn't even mull it over. You would just consider it. I would just block out the haters and keep fucking living my dream. Where are your hater blockers? Yeah. Yeah, you're just mad that I have a sicker rug than you guys. <laughs> I'm not, I changed the riff. I have a rug in this one. <laughs> <laughs> <It> rules. <laughs> and it's the best rug you've ever seen. Yeah, dude, I got a fucking Rasta-colored Bob Marley rug, so... I would actually love to get a knit Bob Marley up on that wall. I don't think we should do I that. I think we should get that. I think that's too much. No. <laughs> I think that's perfect, actually. If we're getting a knit Bob Marley, we're using it as curtains. We're not just putting it on okay, the Okay, yeah, that'd be funny. <laughs> that'd be pretty good. Rasta yeah, flag as curtains would also rule. Do you remember how sick you used to think like guys were if they had Bob Marley stuff? I remember in junior high, this guy had a Bob Marley phone case, and that was like the coolest guy in the class. I remember still thinking it was lame, but also being like, uh, I like what this represents. <laughs> I like what you could potentially sell to me after class. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was my friend who was a potential salesman that had the Bob Marley phone yeah, case. Yeah, exactly. Like, that, like... At the time, I thought that was, shit was so sick, but I should have realized that, like, anyone who's that into their job is a nerd, like, no matter what your job is. Yeah, exactly. Even if your job is literally the coolest thing you in the world, yeah. selling drugs. Like, if I had, like, a McDonald's phone case, you'd be like, man, that's a, a little much. Yeah, real fucking company man, aren't we? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that would actually be very funny to be a McDonald's company man. Yeah. Always calling at the restaurant. I worked with a guy who was like that. Well, tell me about him. He was one of those guys that would like, like we would always work the 6 a.m. shift together and I would show up like hungover and I would intentionally not drink coffee and show up as tired as possible because then time would fly. So you can imagine the kind of mood I would be in, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm not in a great mood normally. <laughs> yeah. And then off no sleep in the morning, I'm always pissed. And this guy would just show up just like chipper as hell. He'd be like, top of the morning to you. Every day he'd yell in your face about how it was the top of the morning. Yeah, that should be a crime, dude. And yeah, he always called it the restaurant. And then like he called it. No, he called the one we worked at his home restaurant because they would always send him to work at all the other locations when, yeah. those, when those ones were short. And um, he was like such a good worker and he was so positive. But eventually he became even too much for the bosses. Mm hmm. Cause like the bosses have to, the bosses have to pretend to be company men, but they really aren't. No, like, yeah, yeah. Bosses at McDonald's really only just give a fuck about like the Lexus they're gonna buy with their manager's salary. Exactly. In my experience, you know, and uh, so even he, it got to a point where he was even too positive for the managers, and then he got fired. But he was like excellent at his job, but he would just be too chipper. What did what did they like? Do do you know what he like specifically got fired for? No, I don't. What if he was, like, stealing tons of money? <laughs> he might have been, but I th I think I would have known everyone who was stealing money because yeah, right. I was, too. They run in the same circles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyway, 
Yeah, I don't know. You shouldn't be a company man, I guess, is what I'm, my point is. No, it's dumb. You gotta have other stuff going on. But he was kind of cool because he'd always take any shift that you could possibly give. And I like that in a in a dumb coworker, in a fucking work nerd. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I'd rather have a guy who's the worst at his job and like racist and like has a gun and like bullies me and has sex with my girlfriend than have anyone smile at me. It passed the day. If I'm wearing a uniform, don't smile at me. <laughs> if I'm wearing regular clothes, the world's your oyster. Yeah. But <laughs> don't smile at me if I'm wearing company mandated shirts and pants. Yeah, honestly, dude. I am not a person right now. Yeah. Yeah, that guy was so funny. He'd wear a tie with his McDonald's uniform. I really like it when you see the fancy McDonald's outfits. When you see the guys with ascots, that yeah. rocks. And also because they're always wearing like visors and button downs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because every McDonald's, like, I remember I, re- I was there when they implemented the policy that one guy working at the McDonald's has to be in a pinstriped shirt. <laughs> I was there when, they, when that first started. What did they used to wear before that? Everyone just used to wear McDonald's uniforms. As they should. And then when we got kiosks uh, in the lobbies, they didn't, like, they were like, we're going to do these self-serve things, but also all our customers have brain damage, so we need somebody to be the cashier at the kiosk. (laughs) So those guys were that. That was their job. Their job was called guest experience leader, and uh, what they would do is stand by the kiosk and get yelled at by hungry, angry moms. (laughs) And that was their whole job, and this guy like loved it. And now he, r- and then he rose to the top. He's like, I would love to serve the community, but what then he got fired. Now he works at Wendy's. Damn! And now Wendy's is about to take over. I kind of, I miss working in fast food, man, because like, it was kind of funny, like the amount that people would just hop from Tim yeah. Hortons to Wendy's to McDonald's. It was always just lateral movement in yeah. that industry. Yeah, well, it was like you'd work at McDonald's until you like all your managers hated you, and then you'd just switch. Yeah, yeah. And like people would come back sometimes. That was always really sad. Yeah, dude. Like when I first started, one of my one of my work friends there was like this guy. He was like a lot older than me, but he was very funny, and uh, he was super cool. And uh, then he quit like when I was maybe a month in mm-hmm. and then uh, he came back when I was like two years in and he <laughs> it was clear that he had just like had a drug problem. Like he was all <laughs> he was all skinny and sad and not Damn. funny anymore. <laughs> He's just working at the same McDonald's, but at a lower rank. Jesus, dude. Yeah, that's heartbreaking. Yeah. But I mean, you know, he left it all all out on the table. You know, he went and chased his dreams. He found out his dreams ran too fast, and so he came back to McDonald's. Flew that's too close honorable. To the sun. Yeah, I'm not saying that's dishonorable. I'm just saying it was sad to have to watch it. No, day. yeah, you're right. That always is sad when people come back to the same job. I had that when I was uh, working at First Round. It's like a slightly better burger place than McDonald's. I had yeah, uh, when I first not. started there, a lady, basically the same situation. Quit and came back. I didn't know her before she quit, though. She came back, and then I started, and she pulled me aside, and she's like, this is a temporary job. You need to get out of here as soon as you can. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny, like, saying that to someone, like, they would think that it's a permanent job. Yeah, it's like I Nobody walks into a fucking kitchen and goes, yep, uh, this is it for life. Well, imagine walking into the first place that hired you you, uh, after you dropped out of university and being like... I'm done. 
Yeah. This is it. <laughs> Mission accomplished. And employed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fucking crazy, dude. Like, it, the fact that you even think that you need to tell people that yeah. says a lot about yeah, you. Yeah, no, don't worry. I'm not a dumbass. <laughs> like, that just means that when she started, she thought it was a permanent yeah, job. Yeah, oh, man. You poor lady. Yeah. Yeah, that's a bummer, man. I've worked at a lot of shit jobs, and... uh there's an age that you hit where it just gets sad to be working Yeah, there. It, r- it really does. So I guess our advice to the youth uh, should be just work while you're young. Because, like, you probably don't want to right now, but it's also going to be really sad when you have to later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, be, thankful, uh, be thankful you're the youngest guy at your job. Honestly, my best advice probably for life is work in your 20s, fuck in your 30s. <laughs> That's what you're doing right now? No, I'm fucking in my 20s, and I'm losing it all in my 30s. <laughs> and that's why you should take my advice, because this is going to end horribly for me. Yeah. Well, keep listening to the podcast. <laughs> Brad Spiral. Um, yeah. Spiral in the poverty. What else do we got about the big Lesbowski? That's nice. That's what I call my girlfriend. Um... Oh, yeah, this movie has uh, sexually confident women who want to have sex with the man. Fuck yeah, dude. Another dude fantasy. Flower power. Oh, I thought you were saying that's like a women's empowerment thing. I mean, I think that the idea at its core is, but the way it was executed in uh, in this movie kind of just felt like uh, dudes wrote it. It felt like he was James Bond. It felt like Every girl was throwing their panties at him. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, they're not going to be. Well, I mean, unless we're at real life, unless you're a fellow who's such as I. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah, it definitely was like obviously written by the guy who uh, wanted. You can tell it was written by uh, two brothers. Yeah, was it? Yeah, the Coen brothers. Oh, Sasha Baron and Joel. Yeah, Joel Osteen. Sasha Barry Cohen and Joel Osteen. Yeah. Um, Who's Joel Cohen? I don't know. I thought that was his brother. Okay. Who's his brother? Ethan and... Oh, maybe it is Joel. Can you look it up? It's It can't be Joel. Let's see it here. It could be Joel. This is such a sick podcast, man. <laughs> just googling things live on the air oh it's ethan cohen but who's the other one joel what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> it actually is joel my joke guess turned out to be true i thought it was sasha baron cohen and his brother no sasha baron cohen is borat he doesn't have a brother who in showbiz i don't think well fucking no there shouldn't be people with the same last names no i agree it really fumbles you are you more likely or less likely to take advice from someone with an identical name as yours? I feel like if a Brad Semituk came up to me and he was rich and tall and told me how to live, I'd be like, yeah, probably, sure, definitely. You'd know. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like a guy like you. Absolutely. I'd consider it. If I met a guy like Kean who was rich and successful, I'd be like, what worked for you? <laughs> yeah. Um, I really like how much threatening there is in this movie. I think threats are really funny. And it's, I think it's a shame that you can't, like, threaten people legally. Yeah, I think, I think the scene in this movie where Walter almost shoots the guy over uh, 
allegedly stepping over the line while he was bowling. <laughs> yeah. That's very dad energy. You yeah, know? that was awesome. And I also think that captures a good feeling of, because, uh, like, Walter's whole thing is that he just demanded respect because he fought in Vietnam. Yeah, I kind of have a little bit of that where, like, if I perceive a slight from anybody, like, my mind immediately goes to I should kill them instead of I should tell them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's (laughs) like, do you know who I am and all I've accomplished? Yeah, (laughs) I start reaching for a sword that's not there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, man, this uh, this movie is actually way more relatable to me than I thought it It is pretty relatable. I do think that it nails uh, a lot of dude fantasies. And, uh, yeah. Just what it's like to be a fucking man. You know but what not I, what it's actually like, what you want it to be. Yeah. Um, do you know what I noticed about the scenes where they were bowling? What? Is like, do you think it's a coincidence that depression rates skyrocketed at the same time as they banned smoking indoors? No. Yeah, that can't be a coincidence. I think we as a uh, culture... As a society, still haven't gotten over the collective sadness. I think it's crazy that we have a medication for diabetes, but we we still act like like smoking indoors isn't natural. No, that doesn't <laughs> even make sense. Well, I mean, like, I don't know. But I think it's crazy that we're we're like willing to like feed ourselves like garbage every day, but like we're we're still like above smoking inside. Like as a society, everyone's too fancy to rip a dart in a bowling alley. Do you think that once we like comfortably cure cancer, like once it's like not an issue anymore, people will go back to ripping darts inside? I hope so. I think they will. I th- honestly think there's probably nothing better for your mental health than smoking a cigarette while bowling. I agree. I think everyone actually likes it and I think when people uh, say like, oh, the smells bad. It makes everything smell like shit. It's yeah, well, dirty. you know what I would make those it. Those are all just things they decided after they couldn't do it anymore. That's true. And you also know what would make it not smell bad is if everybody started doing it. That's true. You wouldn't notice. If it. we all just smelled like stale tobacco. Yeah. Imagine no. that utopia. Yeah, that would be. That's my ideal universe. That's what Aldous Huxley was talking about. Is if everybody both smells and tastes like a freshly ripped cigarette. <laughs> That's a, my dream, actually. <laughs> it does look like it would be really hard not to get the giggles if you're smoking a cigarette while bowling, though. Like that it, looks perfect. That to just me. seems like the pristine. Seems like human the human condition. Like how could anyone be sad? Yeah, it seems like the you're best f- afternoon you could you're have. Fully stimulated. Yeah, you're smoking. You're hanging you're out with your friends. <laughs> your mind and your body are stimulated. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you're taken care of. Yeah, it's like doing a Rubik's cube, man. Yeah, <laughs> with your mind and your body. <laughs> yeah, it's like doing two Rubik's cubes. <laughs> well, two perfect Rubik's. Cubes. Okay. <laughs> um, what else? Uh, I I I really related to um the end part of this movie. Uh, personally, because my art is also strongly vaginal. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's all I had for that. Well, I just thought it was a funny quote. I think that's pretty good. When the painter lady says my art is strongly vaginal. Yeah, that was very good commentary on feminist art in the 90s. Was it? Not really. I but think it, it was a good commentary on like all art, because the lady was like talking about, like, why shouldn't I make pussy art? Every guy makes dick art. I think that's a good uh, stand-up comedy allegory anyways. Why? Because women are still saying that on stage every single night before they do a bunch of dick jokes after no one else did? 
Well, you can't use... <laughs> you can't make a sweeping generalization about all women based on a story I told you about one that you don't respect. But I've also <laughs> I've also seen that just from so many There's women. There's two comics. women comics that do that and you know who they are and you know you don't respect either. <laughs> them. So don't give me that shit on my podcast, dude. <laughs> all right. <laughs> But I bet there's fellas out there who relate with that sentiment. I bet there's other dumbass open micers who have heard that, too. Yeah, I mean, there are, but, like, that's stupid. But I think, like, yeah, why wouldn't you talk about... Like, I think it's, like, funny, like, that there's still criticisms of, like, why would you do all those period jokes? It's like, yeah, you only talk about your fucking hog. Well, yes, but also, like, uh, one of the points that they touched on in this movie was that uh, guys are and people society... Gets uncom- uncomfortable at the world word vagina while guys call stuff their dick, their rod, their Johnson. Yep. And it's like, have you ever stopped to think that the word vagina is just not a great one? Yeah, well, that's why we say pussy. But yeah, I anyway, I agree with your but point. But that's my point. <laughs> that's my thesis, and those are my arguments. No, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I just think, uh, yeah, m- you know, make your art about whatever the fuck you want. That's what I think. Yeah. Well, and I think Big Lebowski is not a bad piece of art about the male fantasy, which is smoking darts and busting inside. Amen. Does he bust inside in this? He does bust inside. Really? Yep. I missed that part. The girl at the end. Damn. Was she mad? No. She wanted him to. That is the male fantasy. (laughs) 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 No, man. Being told to bust inside is like a lot of pressure. Is it? Yeah. Well, I'm a like I'm more of a creature of habit. So like anytime someone tells so what me what do you do? You just like, well, I guess I I was going to say something about coming in your own mouth, but I messed <laughs> that up. I stumbled. <laughs> yeah, so it's pretty hard for me to not come in my own mouth every time. <laughs> As a creature of habit, I find it impossible to <laughs> <laughs> leave it in and not yeah. take it out and put it in my mouth <laughs> yeah i can't bust inside because i always uh, uh, out of muscle memory my dick always wraps around and goes into my own ass every time i'm about to come <laughs> no i just feel like it's like a lot like I, every time that's been said to me i'm always like i get irrationally paranoid about like that i'm gonna do it wrong <laughs> like i think i'm gonna bust in the wrong like corner of it or something yeah well I'm here to tell you, you don't have to worry about that. Not a lot of corners in that bad boy. Uh, just, I, I said it's an irrational fear. I'm just saying it's a lot of pressure when someone's like, hey, switch up the way you've been busting for your entire life on me right now and improvise it. And what do you do? Like, they don't even plan it with you. It'd be nice if when a lady was going to tell you to bust inside, she would let you know. Like, so here's four what hours I'm thinking. <laughs> like, it'd be good to get a text like on the way to the yeah. date. If she's like, I would like you to come inside me later, if possible. Yeah. And then I'd be like, I'll consider it. Let me mull this over. Yeah. My people will talk to your let people. Let me make a pros and cons list. Yeah. Let me make a let me call, call my, my agent. Yeah, I got to call my agent. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Hey Ben, someone wants me to bust inside of them. How's that look? <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> yeah, someone wants me to bust inside of them, except in m- instead of in my own mouth. Bust How much it. should I charge? No, not inside my mouth. Inside of them. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's what I said. <laughs> yeah, that is fucked. <laughs> yeah, man. Now you know a little bit about the business I'm in. <laughs> 
Well, do you have anything else you want to add on to this? Um, I feel like we're wrapping up. This movie taught our parents an important lesson. Never take responsibility for any of your actions in your life, no matter what. Um, ne- no one should ever be inspired in a bowling alley, no matter how old the cowboy you're talking to is. Um, <laughs> um, that's all I have. Yeah, I I think that's pretty good. I really do think this movie just was built to you know appeal to guys in the 90s. Features yeah, all the hits, smoking weed, chilling to cool music, hating the Eagles. Fucking swagging out, pimping shit. Scaring teenagers, getting in fist fights. Fuck yeah. Vietnam. Hell yeah. That's it. I think this was not a bad movie. I don't know if it taught our parents anything. I think it was just set to capitalize off dudes, and it has been for the last 30 years successfully. Yeah. I mean, yeah. People still reference this shit, so obviously it's got us all horned up through the roof. And that's what movies are all about. Yep. Making me come. So thank you to the Ethan and Joel Cohen. Yep. Thank you to the dude. Thank you to Sasha Baron as well. Yeah. I know you you're know. not related to this movie, but I do enjoy some of your other movies. So, uh, yeah. Thank you, everybody. Oh, yeah. Do you have uh, plugs? Oh, yeah. Listen to uh, check out me and Brad's uh, talk show late night with Ke- uh, Seth Meyers with Keen and Brad. Yeah. And uh, also we're at the comic strip opening for people. And also come to our show every Wednesday at the comic strip. Yeah, I'm opening up for Shane Gillis at the end of March, so come to that. It'll be a good time. I'm opening up for some fucking loser bitch, probably. Yep, so thank you. Good night.